0: 710 ESPN. This is Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And we're getting you set tonight with all the wagering and fantasy information you need for the NBA, MLB, golf. Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet L.A. with Anita Marks right now.
1: Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. Oh, Youngman Soup joins us now. You know him. He covers the Lakers, who unfortunately um, had an exit to the postseason. Oh, um, before we start talking about, you know, particulars, how this team is going to move forward throughout the offseason, uh, wh- what an unbelievable run from a team that, you know, we weren't sure we're even gonna get into the postseason. For them to go as far as they did, real, I, I, and and we heard the press, the, the post game press conference with LeBron. He's like, I don't, I don't suit up. I don't to not play for a champion. I understand that because he's such a true competitor. But you've got to tip your hat with this Lakers team and as far as they went this season. Don't you agree?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a lot of it is what have you done for me lately? And we get caught up in how, you know, we had a sour taste in our mouths from how the Lakers finished getting swept in the Western Conference Finals. But I think any Laker fan would have taken that whole ride to the Western Conference Finals. We told you at two and ten, would you take a trip to the Western Conference Finals? Everybody would have signed up for that. Um, so I, I think a lot of credit goes to Rob Pelinka for making those moves that he did, finding a way to turn Russell Westbrook into several significant pieces that kind of gave them <clears throat> better chemistry, better hope. I think you got to give credit to Anthony Davis. When LeBron James was out, Anthony Davis kind of carried the ship. Um, I get it. Anthony Davis didn't finish the way we, you know, thought he could or hoped he would in that Western Conference Finals where I thought entering the series, if the Lakers were going to have a shot to go to the NBA Finals, Anthony Davis had to be the best big man for four of those games. And that didn't happen. Um, And then LeBron James at 38 years old to see what he could do in that last game, 40, 10 and nine, I believe Uh, he played all, but four seconds in the first half. I mean, he played the entire game pretty much Um, expending it and leaving it all on the floor, I think was incredible to watch. And I certainly think he has plenty left in the tank uh to come back next season and beyond
1: yeah it then it, reports today is that he was playing with a torn tendon in his foot I, I mean we knew he was playing with an injury but to to it be that significant uh speaks volumes in, in regard to just you know how how durable he is and in, in, in what he's able to do it, it's really amazing um it, in talking about LeBron I, I think he threw us all a curveball with that post game press conference, uh, throwing out the notion that he would consider possibly walking away from the NBA, I personally owe him and not buying it. Um, I think it was a ploy so that our, our the next morning, our co- topic of conversation was LeBron James possibly retiring, as opposed to them ge- getting, you know, uh, swept by. <laughs> The Denver Nuggets, that's just my two cents. What what say you, my friend?
2: I think it's a combination of a couple of things. One, when you see an all-time great lose a series, it uh, is an emotional one. It can it, A lot of emotions are flying at the end of a game like that. I've seen that happen. Number two, to be swept. It was his first time being swept before the NBA Finals. I'm sure there was a lot of frustration with that, especially with the way he poured everything onto the floor. And then I also think when I watched LeBron play, against teams like the Clippers or whatever. And he's he's playing well, but he also sees the other team is just making incredible shot after incredible shot after incredible shot and coming at him in waves. I think he's also like, where's my help? And so I think a lot of those things were probably flying through his head. And I think by him kind of, you know, I, I'm not saying he made this up. I, I just think he probably was speaking in the frustration of the moment, but also he's smart enough to know that like, by him saying something like that, it puts a little more pressure on the Lakers to have to try to do something to get him more help. I don't think, I would be just shocked and stunned if he would retire, <laughs> just because he'd been talking about playing with Bronny, the way he's still playing. Um, even when he told David Beneman, I think he's still better, You know, I think he said that he still thinks he's better than 90 to 95%. I think that number should be higher, it's probably 97 or 98. They still better than 97, 98% of people in the league. He knows that. He still has plenty left to give. I just think this is, was LeBron's frustration coming out and also him maybe, you know, um, changing the narrative a little bit and applying a little pressure to the Lakers to get him more help.
1: <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned Bronny. I mean, obviously that's that's another another big motivating factor, again, that we know that he's uh, been, you know, wanting to play with his son, sharing the same court with his son. You know, you go on ESPN.com and you go to the NBA page. Ohm, it, it's it's front and center in regard to, uh, uh, you know, Bronny going to USC. <laughs> do you, do you feel like there's this a little bit too much hype for Bronny going to USC? I I, I personally think it's a little a little overdone. Let let's let let's see what he can do. Let's let's see him start the season. Let's let's see like. I just think it's it's a lot of brawny right now, and and I would imagine it's putting a lot of pressure on him.
2: I mean that that comes with the territory of being LeBron James son and also like look at, you know, at at Sierra Canyon. There was a lot of hype. You know what I mean? There were stars going to watch him play high school basketball. So by him being at USC and that team getting a lot of talent. Um, I mean, I think it's only natural him staying at home close to home and everything. The hype is only going to get greater. I'm excited about it. So I, I like it. I like that there's hype at, at USC. And I think that I, I'm excited to see him next year and see what he can do.
1: It will be interesting. That's for sure. Um, again, Ohm Youngman Min joining us here on, uh, on Bet LA. Let's look big picture. Now there's, I feel like every, every minute I go online, there's a new rumor um, that's, that's being spewed. Before we start diving into all of those, let's talk about the base, right? Like, we know, again, we're both on the same page. We believe LeBron is going to return. AD, obviously. Reeves was just so fantastic, A- along with Hachimura. I want to believe that Rob is, is going to do everything he can to bring those two cats back. Agreed?
2: Yeah, I think Rob's talked about that, how he's got to be careful about how he builds and he wants to... Continue to build around the supporting cast that is around LeBron James and the depth. And I think with Austin Reeves, the way he played this season and this postseason, he was a revelation for this team. I just don't see any way you can part with Austin Reeves unless you were getting an absolute stud superstar in his prime on the way back or something like that. You know, it would take Austin Reeves and many other parts. Um, So I, I think. Probably Rob is looking at trying to keep those um these really good pieces, these young pieces he's found around LeBron AD and try to add on to that somehow, some way. And listen, with Austin Reeves, you know, you want to kind of develop young talent like that because LeBron, you know, we we're already talking about LeBron's future here. The fact of the matter is someday, eventually he is going to have to retire or move on or go somewhere else. And we don't know when that's going to be, but you can't leave the cupboard bare for when that moment happens. You have to have as many assets as possible. You have to have as many good young players as possible. You have to be prepared for that moment. And I'm sure Rob uh, is always always has that on his mind.
1: Uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, not a great series, uh, you know, and and well-documented in regard to, like, you know, have the negative – uh, that this team was able to generate when he was on the court. Any, 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 any idea of you know? Do you expect him to be back or not?
2: I don't know. Um, I mean, it certainly didn't end great, but I think if we look back on the whole entire postseason, he certainly had big moments that helped them get to that Western Conference Finals. I think they, the Lakers, probably have to keep that in mind too. Um, you know, benching him in Game Five and bringing him off the bench, uh, you know, especially when they needed somebody to make shots and I'm sure the optics didn't look great with Kyrie Irving happening to be sitting courtside at that moment, you know, but I, I think like, um, D'Angelo Russell's still a young talent and he showed that he can step up at points in the playoffs, perhaps not in the Western conference finals, but I think you have to take a good hard look at that and also see how much he's going to cost as well. Um, so, I mean, because at the end of the day, he's still an asset. When you have a young guy like that who can hit shots, he's still an asset. So I think that's going to be another one of these tough decisions that Rob's facing this summer.
1: All right, before we let you go, um, let's, let's talk about some of the, uh, and again, these are just rumors out there, speculation in regard to uh, who potentially could, could be a part of the Lakers heading into next season. Let's start with a potential trade proposal uh, for Trey Young. Uh, bringing him over to L.A. from Atlanta. What are you hearing here? Uh,
2: I have not really been hearing too much on the Lakers offseason stuff because I've been on the Nuggets. Um, So I'm sure, like, you know, there's going to be more and more rumors that pop up as we get closer to free agency and even draft night um, because that's when things tend to get heated up. So, um, you know, from the Atlanta side with Trey Young, they obviously – Um, you know, Quinn Snyder had just gotten there toward the end of the season. So I think he probably has to figure out what he wants and, and how best to play and everything like that. And he had a very short time with Trey Young. So I'm sure a lot of people will be throwing Trey Young's name out there just because of how, um, how rocky it was this past season with Atlanta. But, um, I don't know as far as like his name being linked to the Lakers.
1: Kyrie Irving, as you said, he was sitting courtside. Uh, and we know that he's, uh, prior to him uh, going to Dallas, uh, he was very vocal in regard to his, uh, his desire to come to LA and play for the Lakers. Is that still a possibility?
2: I mean, I, the one thing about Kyrie that I've learned is that you can't get in his head from day to day because it changes too much. His mind is too much. So with Kyrie, however, he might feel right now is not going to be how he is going to feel like two weeks from now. Um, And I think with Kyrie, he just has to explore all of his options. Obviously, I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to want to try to keep him after everything they gave up to get him and see what it's going to be like for a full season with him and Luka Doncic. Um, But I think for Kyrie, he also wants to explore his options as well and see what's out there. And so obviously we saw him in L.A. a couple times at games. Um, We've seen that LeBron is kind of like, you know, shown an inclination to wanting to team up again. So, um, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for the Lakers. They, it would, it would probably mean that, you know, possibly not keeping Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves. I think they, they could maybe get creative and try to find ways to do that. But certainly you would be giving up uh, a lot of this young, young talent, as far as like complimentary pieces around AD and LeBron. So, um it depends on which way they want to go down the road but I, I don't know I think that's only going to heat up uh Kyrie and numerous other places as we get closer to the summer.
1: Um some other names out there Van Fleet um Chris Paul and 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 as of today Harden who a lot of people do not anticipate to return to the 76ers uh many people anticipating him to go back to Houston um but it, it, are you are in any any um any belief in any of those three guys potentially being a part of the Lakers next season
2: um I don't know again it's like too far away um I think it's just too the season just ended for the Lakers and so I think right now it's just the rumor mill kind of churning around and I think it's only going to get hotter as we get closer to July and even maybe draft night so um I think right now you're going to see a lot of names pop up everywhere just you know people getting their names out there, trying to create interest in their guys, um, trying to increase leverage, things like that. So I think you're just going to see even more rumors pop up as we get closer to draft night.
1: Next year's odds um, to win the championship. Nuggets 5-1, to one, Celtics plus 550, the Bucks plus 650, the Suns plus 850, and the Lakers rounding out the top five at 10 to 1, 10 to 1, if you were a gambling man, would you throw some of your hard-earned coin on that right now?
2: Mm. Uh, too early for me, Anita, to throw any coins on any odds. I mean, we haven't even seen the Nuggets in the NBA Finals yet, and already they're the favorite for next year, uh, which I'm sure they'll find amusing because, you know, they there was just two rounds ago that they were the underdog in the second round and not even the favorites to come out of the West, the Phoenix Suns were. So you know how fast those things can change. So I would probably say right now, not yet. I'd have to see how the rest of the roster shapes out.
1: Really quick, before we let you go, I know you've, been, uh, you've got your finger on the pulse of this Nuggets team better than most. They're, they're sitting back for nine days waiting to see how this Celtics uh, heat series finishes up. Is that going to hurt or help them, Ohm? Um?
2: I would say usually it might hurt them a little bit, especially because of how well they were playing in the Western Conference Finals, but because they play at elevation and altitude, and if they host game one and game two of the NBA Finals, if the Miami Heat were to win, then it would play into their favor because the Miami Heat would have to visit Denver trying to acclimate to 5,280 feet of altitude and elevation, which can be pretty difficult and definitely can have an impact. Uh, early on especially in those games
1: do you pack oxygen when you go (laughs) I don't Uh, I'm not I'm not sprinting on
2: the court like they will be and I'm not expending the type of energy that that Jimmy Buller does but I will tell you you do feel it when you just walk upstairs um it doesn't matter how incredibly fit you are or how you're not you're going to feel it just walking upstairs and the altitude is real I mean I'm doing a story on it that's gonna that's gonna um, run, I think, before Game One. So, uh, if they end up hosting the NBA Finals, and so the the it's just about like the elevation. Even LeBron James admitted it, it is real.
1: Oh, you rock! Always great having you on, my friend. Thank you so much.
2: All right, thanks, Anita.
1: You got it. Uh, still a lot more coming your way here on Bet LA. Uh, we get back. I'll share some other uh, futures bets out there. Uh, what are some of the other teams that I expect? You know, positive whether stock up or stock down in regard to this postseason. That next, coming your way, 710 ESPN.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is
0: only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: This is Bet L.A. with with Anita Anita Marks. Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet L.A. and back to
0: Anita Marks.
1: And that would be me. Great having Ohm on the program. He does a phenomenal job. Uh was here in uh in New York for quite a while and uh and have known Ohm for forever and uh at least it feels like it's forever. Uh, and now of course uh, he's out obviously in in LA doing great things. So Ohm, thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Um again, if you're just tuning in, the Boston Celtics uh, beat the Miami Heat 110 to 97. Trust me, the game was a lot worse than what that score indicates. That's for sure. Uh, two main reasons why, and this has been a common theme throughout. Uh, the, the team that has won in this series uh, has fewer turnovers and is better from, uh, from behind the arc. So the Miami Heat, 16 turnovers. 16 turnovers. Um, Also only shot 39% from behind the arc, 9 of 23. As for the Boston Celtics, only 9 turnovers. Tatum had 4. That was an overbet that I played today. Uh, I want to say it was over 2.5. And And, um, and they were just unbelievable. Uh, At one point in time, they were 46% from behind the arc, Uh, but they finished 16 of 39, which ended up at 41%. Uh, Marcus Smart 4 of 6 and White was 6 of 8. Uh, Tatum had 21 points and 11 assists. So uh, we will have a game on Saturday Woohoo! back in Miami. Uh, as for the National Hockey League, the Dallas Stars win in overtime 3 to 2. Um, they scored on a power play. So this now heads back to las vegas uh the the golden knights are up in this series 3-1 dallas holding on uh, by a string very similar to of course tonight and what we saw with the boston celtics so there is that um uh, really interesting guys i had a, this this fun segment that i did on on MSG uh tonight called stock up stock down okay and so again, we've got Tyler and Rebecca who are producing the show. Feel free to to chime in here if you want. Uh, Lakers stock up or stock down? What do you think? I said.
2: I think you said stock down.
1: No, I said stock up oh, because okay. I don't believe I don't believe LeBron is going to retire. Uh, it's going to be him and AD. I think they sign, they bring back Reeves as well as Hachimura, um, and and I think. I, listen, I I. I th- one of these rumors has got to be true, whether it's Trey Young, Harden, Chris Paul, Kyrie, Van Fleet. I think this team gets better, and and they were really great after the trade deadline. So stock up for me All right, when I it like comes it. to the Lakers. I, just,
2: I thought for sure that, that we, we'd have a negative outlook, but I like the angle that you took.
1: No, no. 76ers. Stock up, stock down.
2: I'm stocking down on the Sixers.
1: I'm stocking down as well. Harden's gone. Um, they have a coach change. Embiid, I know he's ready to win now, but you've got Maxi. Can they pay Maxi the max? No pun intended. If they do, they can't get a third. And I think they're going to wait until next year where Kai, uh, Kawhi, uh, Pete, Paul George, Siakam... Uh, Jalen Brown potentially could be available. So I think this is a punt year for the 76ers. So I'm with you. Stock down. How about the Kings? Kings stock definitely up. definitely
2: stock up. Kings were yeah, super impressive. Up. Yeah,
1: Monty McNair won GM of the year. Great core with Sabonis and Fox. Uh, I think they, they re up Barnes and Lyles. Uh, and and I think they go after a center so that Sabonis can play his true position. I don't know if that's going to be Brooke Lopez, Christian Wood. We'll see. Suns stock up, stock down.
0: Stocks going up on the Suns.
1: Yeah, I think so too. You you start with a good core of KD and D Book, and I think you trade Chris Paul. I think you trade Ayton, okay. possibly to, to to Carolina for for uh, for Hayward. Um. Bring in like a maybe a Gabe Vincent or a Van Fleet. I, I, I just think what you gave up for Katie, you can't punt. What you gave up for Katie, you can't punt. So I'm with you. Stock up. Last but not least, Golden State Warriors. Stock up, stock down.
0: Stock down on the Warriors. Really? Yeah, I think I think that
2: they're I think that their hopes kind of at least the impression I'm getting is their hopes kind of lie on LeBron James right now. I'm not really getting the impression that any there's anything else going on for them. There's talk of
1: See, Clay
2: I, moving I, on. There's talk of Green. I moving say, on. I
1: say stock up. Draymond Green gone. Divincenzo is. I, I think I'm expecting him to be gone. Do they trade pool possibly? But you've got Steph. You've got Clay with a full off season to rest and really be ready. You got Wiggins to start the season. You got Gary Payton back. And Moody finished the, se- the, the, the postseason strong. I'm going stock up.
2: All right. I'm I guess we'll have to State wait and Warriors.
1: see. There you go. All right. We come back. Uh, we're going to circle back with Eric Moody. We're going to continue to talk about the NBA. But this is all about the NBA draft. That next right here on Bet LA, 710 ESPN.
0: Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA. And back to Anita Marks.
1: Welcome back to Bet LA. Anita Marks with you and uh and just a reminder, each and every week I host a Bet Digital show on ESPN Plus. It's called Bet. How how appropriate is that considering this is called Bet LA? Um, But each and every week, I've got a number of guests who join me on the show. Eric Moody joined me this week to take a look ahead to the NBA draft. And yes, that is something that you could wager on as well. As we know, the Spurs, they won the ping pong celebration battle for the number one overall pick. They get Wimby. Uh, So really, let's be honest. The draft starts with pick number two. And Eric and I dive into it. Let's listen in. Eric, good afternoon. How you doing? We've got, of course, another game scheduled tomorrow night for the Celtics and the Miami Heat. So uh, really, we got to hold off on those futures odds in regard to really taking a look at what the championship, the NBA championship, is going to look like. So I thought maybe we'd spend some time talking about the NBA draft. What do you say?
3: Yeah, let's do it. So, And I'm also excited to see that upcoming game between the Heat and the Celtics. But come on, who, we shouldn't be shocked that Boston won, right?
1: I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked, although I did pull out my my broom on Daily Wager yesterday. Uh, But nonetheless, all right, let's dive into it. As we know, the Wimby sweepstakes have been won, and that's the Spurs. Uh, They won the ping pong lottery. And so uh, we know Wimby is going to go number one overall to the Spurs. So let's just, let's put that on the shelf. Let's really talk about the guessing game and really the draft, let's be honest, starts at two. The Charlotte Hornets will be on the clock. And let's take a look at who's favored here to go number two overall. Brandon Miller, SEC player of the year, right? 6'9", a guard who really can facilitate. It's exactly what the Hornets need and can mix in well with LaMelo Ball. You've got Henderson at at even money, Thompson, Walker, Black. These are the guys that are expected to go in the top five picks. Who do you have going number two to Charlotte?
3: Yeah, I actually have Brandon Miller going number two to Charlotte. Uh, I think it's a great fit. And I will tell you, Anita, whenever I evaluate NBA prospects, there are two crucial factors that stand out to me. First one being positional size and also outside shooting. So if you look at Miller, for example, this is a player who's at 6'9". I'm like, he fits the bill perfectly as a wing player uh, in the NBA. Not only that, I really love his outside shooting skills. I'm like, they're off the charts in my opinion, but whether he's shooting uh, on the move, off the dribble, or in catch and shoot scenarios, I'm like Miller really excels in all areas. He's also very versatile, which I like. His mid-range game isn't bad at all. And he also excels in pick and roll situations. On top of that, he's a solid rebounder. Now you look at what he was able to accomplish in the SEC. I'm like, he actually led the SEC in scoring last year with 18.8 points per game. He also had 8.2 rebounds and 2.1 assists. So picture this, I'm like, he's a great complement to LaMelo Ball, the Hornets' lead playmaker. This could be a duo, Anita, that down the road, two or three years from now, we can be talking as one of the top 10 duos in the NBA. So I think it's a great pickup. If I'm betting money, I'm betting on Brandon Miller to get selected number uh, number two to go into the Hornets.
1: And again, you can get that at minus 140. All right, let's take a look at who you think is going to go number three overall. The Portland Trailblazers okay. will be on the clock. Let's take a look again at some of those odds And a guy that many like is Scoot Henderson, right? Like many people are calling this a three-man draft with Scoot Henderson being there as well. My question is, is he a really good fit with Damian Lillard? Will Damian Lillard even be on the trailblazers in the next two years? I guess that's a conversation for a different show. Uh, But who do you have going number three overall?
3: Yeah, I actually do have Scoot Henderson going uh, number three uh, to the Portland Trail Blazers. I'm like, he was dominant uh, in the G League. And hey, I am in the camp that I do believe that Damian Lillard will be traded. But one thing about Henderson that I like is that, I guess he's like a force to be reckoned with on the basketball court. I think that's a good way to put it. I'm like, he really dominates with his power, with his competitiveness. He's always finding a way, I would say, Anita to penetrate the defense and really keep his opponents guessing. I'm like, watch out for his explosive finishes at the rim as well. He's dominant in that regard. But I will tell you, two characteristics that really set Henderson apart from some of the other top draft picks, I would say are his work ethic and also his leadership qualities. He's the definition of what I would call an alpha player, someone that wants to set the tone for his team. And all signs indicate that he's destined for stardom at the next level in the NBA. Just imagine, I'm like, he's a perfect fit for this young core that the Portland Trailblazers have put together. So if I'm gonna bet on the number three pick, it will be Scoot Henderson.
1: Which, by the way, again, just a reminder, you can get it minus 104. Now we get into pick number four. The odds get a little tighter here. The Houston Rockets on the clock. Thompson is favored here, right? Most physically gifted prospect in this draft. Many feel lots of versatility here. So, and minus 145. Is this where you see Thompson going?
3: It is so. I, I really love Amon Thompson and his game, and uh, I do see him going to the Rockets. And really, here's why Anita. I'm like, Houston desperately needs a point guard, and Thompson is an excellent fit in my opinion. So let's talk about Thompson. I'm like, he's a six-seven gem with a wide range of skills, and he's a natural facilitator. He reminds me a lot of uh, the NBA legend Scottie Pippen. You look at today's NBA, the modern game. I would say. Versatility is really important as well as floor spacing. Those two things are key. And those are two things that Thompson, uh, Thompson excuse me, can bring to the table in Houston. I like, mean, he's got the size, he's got the athleticism, he's got the versatility. He's an invaluable asset in my opinion. I think the only thing that he needs to work on uh, just to really hone his game is his shooting. But imagine if he really works on his shooting in year one and year two of the type of player that he can become. I mean, he could be a future star in this league.
1: Like I said, a lot of people feel it's 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 a three-man draft. It will be fun and interesting to see where all these very talented collegiate basketball players go. All right, I want to thank Eric Moody again for joining us uh, and joining me on Beton and and able to share that with you here on 710 ESPN. Quick break, we come back, we're gonna switch gears, let's talk some golf, getting you ready for the Charles Schwab that's taking place. Round two starts tomorrow morning at the Colonial Country Club in Texas. Keith Stewart will join me next. Hopefully, we can feed you some winners heading into Friday and, of course, the weekend. Next, right here on Bet LA. This is Bet LA with With Anita Marks. Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. It's time to talk a little golf. We've got the Charles Schwab happening right now in Texas. Um, and Keith Stewart joins us now. PGA professional has his own radio shows and TV shows. Uh, you know, he's he's great in regard to uh to talking about the content and gambling as well. Always great having him on here on ESPN LA. Keith, how you doing?
0: Anita, I'm doing fantastic, and, um, heck, you know, I had the heat tonight, so let's talk about golf. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, you and, me, you and me both, buddy. Um, but uh, but let's, <laughs> let's talk about um, Harry, ha- Harry Howe, by the way. Who the heck? Clue us in. Who the heck is Harry Howell? Um, eight under, shot a 62 today. Dadagoff gives him a 7.6% chance of winning. I don't know if that's like a slap in his face. He's got Scotty Scheffler, who's five strokes below him, who has a 20.8% chance of winning this bad boy. But nonetheless, talk about Hall.
0: Hey, the guy played fantastic today. I mean, to shoot eight under on that track where, where most of the field had their moments of bogeys, and uh, you got guys like Colin Morikawa shooting over par, you gotta, you got to tip your cap to hall. And if you, if you don't know who he is, well, he wears one of those Bryson-style Hogan hats. And he's right there in Hogan's territory. So it makes sense that he could at least have one good round. But here's the thing, Anita. Only three times since 1990 has a first-round leader completed the sweep down there at Colonial. And that was 2009 with Steve Stricker, 2011 David Toms, and 2012 Zach Johnson. It's been a while. And with Scotty and some of the other guys right there behind him, I don't know. Maybe we should pray for Harry Hall.
1: Yeah, really. 11 to 1, by the way, if you want to wager that uh, he does start and finish as the leader. Uh, he's got a three shot lead uh, right now, heading into tomorrow, uh, behind uh, Harris English and then uh, a four shot lead, Andrew Putnam, uh, who a lot of people did like coming in, along with Hoagie and a few others. Um, really quick before we start looking, doing a deeper dive into this this leaders board again, the Charles Schwab Colonial uh, Country Club in Texas, Parkland styled course, very you know lots of trees, tree lined, small greens, uh, Bermuda from the tee box all the way to the greens, but once you get on the greens, it's bent grass running about a 13 stem two par f- par fives that are pretty difficult. You need your knowledge here. Not a lot of debutantes win, uh, it, although uh, Colin Morikawa almost won his first year, lost in the playoff. But the two metrics I paid attention to heading into this, Keith, was driving accuracy and putting. What were you looking at and who were the guys that you liked coming into this tournament?
0: Well, you know what? Driving accuracy plays a huge role, but the last 10 winners um, on average they've gained about six strokes against the field on approach so we're back to one of those weeks on the pga tour where we really have to pay attention to approach and if you want to dig down a little deeper the buckets were right there in the middle anywhere from 125 to 175 was going to be almost about 50 percent of the approach shots that these guys are going to have we had nine par fours of the 12 under 450 so you know that kind of there, there's your scoring irons for those guys those distances are anywhere from a gap wedge to an eight iron and uh the best in the world at that is who I had my eye on and you know i love to use composite stats and what i mean by that is i love to co- to look at things like par four scoring or par five scoring because um there's a multitude of things that go into that it's not just saying who could drive the ball well but it's who can score well on in this case I use the par fours this week because there are 12 of them there at colonial uh, par 70. Once again, like we had last week at the PGA championship at Oak Hill. And, um, uh, that that's kind of where my research r- really uh, kind of dug in and who did I like coming in? Uh, I loved Morikawa and, uh, it's obvious that he doesn't love me, but, um, uh, my long shot was Shea Shay Reve, my man, Shez Revy and, uh, He's in the hunt at 300-1. to one, Man, I tell you, could be a shore house by the end of the week. We'll see what happens.
1: Uh, so a few guys that I, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I, I liked Morikawa as well. Like I said, almost one here is a debutante, lost in a playoff. He's got five top 15s this season, four top 10s. Uh, and he struggles with his putter, as we know, but he typically putts well here. Uh, but Morikawa right now, he's one of the very many top guys on on the PGA tour that are in the plus Uh, they're not in the red. They're in the black Tony Finau, Jordan speed, Sanjay M plus two over. Colin Morikawa is three over. So I did like him as well. Another guy I was looking at was Fleetwood. He's even right now. Uh, Tied for 18th last week at Oak Hill fits this track extremely well. I I felt that if his putter got hot, he would as well. Justin Rose was another guy that I liked. Justin Rose right now, he's minus one, so he's tied for 33rd. But he's second in approach as well as tee to green. So I, I think, you know, if he continues with those metrics, I think he can move up the leaderboard. We'll see what happens. Another guy that I liked was Grillo. He knows this track well. This is his eighth start at Colonial. Two top tens, four top 25s. And right now he's tied for seventh. Um, he is second in, uh, around the green and you can get him at 16 to one to win. By the way, uh, I was looking at some of the odds for, for Justin Rose as well. And uh, for some reason I didn't write those down, uh, but some other guys, let's talk about Scotty Scheffler, right? Because Scotty Scheffler, like I said, he's five shots back. Uh, data golf gives him a 20.8% chance of winning. You could wager right now that Scotty Scheffler is going to win this bad boy at plus three thirty. He's fourth off the tee, but his putter has not been good, and it has not been good for the last few weeks. Any love for Scotty Scheffler right now at five shots back?
0: Oh, you got to have plenty of love for Scotty Scheffler, the way he's striking the golf ball. Uh, I, I feel like at Colonial, the greens aren't overly complicated. Uh, it has not been one of those places where, or it has been one of those places where uh, people that aren't the greatest putter in the world have been able to win. So I, I think that you could definitely put Scheffler in play. Um, he's near home, he's in Texas, and he's obviously in good ball striking form. He came in second last week on a, an extremely difficult golf course. So I, I think that you know outright plus three thirty. I, I don't, I don't know what, what's that. He started at the week at plus four hundred. Let's see, let's see how he moves through the round two. And then if you could get a little more odds on that, then, then maybe a hammer at home. But, uh, I mean, it's tough to go against Scotty Scheffler, for sure. And it, what's interesting, Anita, is why were so many of the guys that are that, – why do they have a hangover from Oak Hill? I mean, Spieth, Im, you mentioned all of them. They're all over par. Finao, Morikawa, really interesting. I mean, this should be a much easier test, and they just didn't show up. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are there.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, we we watched. I watched. Hopefully, uh, you know, all those who love golf as much as we do, or love to gamble on golf as much as we do, watched. And and it was tough. It was a it was grueling. It was a a grueling golf course. So uh, maybe there maybe there is some fatigue here with Tony Finau and Spieth and and, and Colin Morikawa, um, some of the other big names that are in in striking distance, um, Homa, uh Siwoo Kim, Sam Burns. Billy Horschel, uh, Hoagie. So, so, you know, Ricky Fowler, he's, he's, he's two under. I liked Ricky Fowler coming to this as well. Um, tied for 22nd. So there are some guys that, that I I think have have been able to kind of like manage, uh, that, that PGA championship storm and pick up where they left off. And then obviously some big names obviously did not. So, so Keith, um, so, so again, your your thoughts heading into tomorrow, uh, looking forward to the weekend. Um, you feel that that Scotty right now it just sounds like you feel like Scotty Scheffler's in striking distance. You you think he can he can even make some more ground tomorrow?
0: Oh, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind he can make more ground. The question is, Anita, can you and I make some money off of him? So if I if I push <laughs> him to the side because he's already down to plus three thirty, right? I'm interested I'm interested in, like, a top, top 20 on Rose. I can get positive money, like plus 105. He's striking the ball great. Uh, another name, Tom Hoagie, right? Maybe him in a matchup. I know he's got one tomorrow with Chris Kirk you can get positive money on. Um, I love these positive bets. I love Harris English. He's got two top fives in his career there at Colonial. How about a top 10 on him for plus 120? So there's three names right there of guys that have wins on their resume. Their ball striking is on point. The putter's working. I mean, especially Rose. Rose just seems, it sounds weird. Rose seems so composed, right? He was really good last week. You know, I was up in Rochester. I followed the whole week. And I, I'm telling you what, I, I think those three names, uh, if Scheffler doesn't do it, those are the guys I have my eye on the most going in with uh, three more rounds to go.
1: Keith, before we let you go, let's talk about some of the big topics uh, and and probably none bigger, right, than, um, than Michael Block. And what he was able to do at the PGA Championship, unfortunately, uh, he's sitting plus eleven right now, um, which is which is unfortunate. There's a number of people, obviously, who are rooting for him, cheering for him. The average Joe Schmo guy uh, who you know runs a golf club in LA, right? Uh, in, in, in in not in LA, but but in California, um, who has an opportunity to. to uh, here's the thing: I think it was just the hoopla and the excitement and everything, all the interviews that he did. Like, I can't like, it's gotta be next to impossible to really come in with that type of focus and that, and, and, and and bringing your a game to the next tournament when you're not used to all that and everything that he has experienced in the last 24 to 48 hours. Agree.
0: Oh, totally agree. I I mean, uh, he had a chance to hit a golf ball between when he finished on 18 with that unbelievable up and down to get in the top 15 and earn a spot for next year and the first tee shot you know this morning yeah i mean it just seems to me like he's just taken on an awful lot and you know we saw i mean we saw how it how it ate up Rory at the masters and and you know i know he said it in the podcast he said he could hit it like Rory if he could if he could he could play like Rory if he could play from where Rory's drives were well michael i got news for you right you're gonna to need to practice a little bit more because you know all of this fanfare is just a lot to hold on together. And uh, I, you know, maybe the block party's over, maybe it's not. But um, hey, kudos to him. You know, the guy's a club pro, and he, he did an unbelievable job last week of captivating America. But um, as it turns out, you know, the Harry Halls of the world—they're pretty darn good, Anita, and they they practice and they work really, really hard. And if you take a couple days off in between tournaments. It's probably going to eat you up a little bit out there on the PGA Tour.
1: Uh, let's look back. Uh, again, the PGA Championship. Brooks Kepka did win, uh, which is really unbelievable because, again, let's even go back further. The Masters, he went into Sunday with a lead. Uh, as we know, he lost. John Rahm did win the Masters but was in contention. Many people thought that he was going to win that. Of course, he wins the PGA Championship. Uh, what I find interesting is, you know, he, he just – He's separating himself, even though he is on the live tour. I feel like we've, this is the second major now that you just get the feeling that he is separating himself from live, even though that's the tour that he plays on. In fact, he came out and spoke to the media and said that he's more interested in himself than he is the live tour. Meanwhile, you've got everybody else who's on the live tour. That's like, yeah, live. We rock. We're the best. Like, (laughs) we're the logo. And then you know he's like no it's all about me what what so two-part question your thoughts on brooks winning the pga championship um you know what are your thoughts on him for the remainder of the season and in the tournaments that he'll be able to play in on the tour and and his kind of stance when it comes to live
0: well the first part it was really impressive especially i walked with him on sunday um, there at Oak Hill, Anita. And I mean, it's just really impressive the way that he played that golf course. I had a fun experience on Monday. I played Oak Hill after the tournament. And I can tell you that for somebody to shoot nine under on that, that golf course for, for 72 holes is really, really impressive. And Brooks did it with power. And you know what? Um, I like Brooks when he's healthy and he's playing well because he forces everybody to work really, really hard. Um, because he's gonna contend for the rest of the year. It really doesn't matter the golf course when you hit the ball as solid as he does. Now, as far as his stance on live, um, I actually find it a little bit refreshing that somebody's not like over there just absolutely like just throwing Kool-Aid all over me, like I'm supposed to believe everything that they say. you know, so <laughs> for him to just say, hey, can I, can I do my own can I do my own thing and can I win major championships? This is great. Um, I, I find it a little bit refreshing. I find all the rest of it um it's just a little bit too much for me and then both sides it's a little too much you know you go to you know the PGA Tour website the day after the PGA Championship and you and I we marvel at the fact that Brooks did what he did but he's he's not on the website and Michael Block is I mean you know it's just all too much I love the golf for the golf and when somebody like Brooks is doing what he's doing in the first two majors and rolling that way heading into LACC which is going to play a lot like Shinnecock. The last time they had a U.S. Open there, it's going to be firm and fast. Brooks is going to be your favorite, and I'm just really happy I got him at 22 this past weekend before he's going to be down in the low teens, if not the favorite, going into Los Angeles Country Club.
1: Well, before we let you go, let's talk about that. Next week, Memorial uh, in Ohio, and then the Canadian Open, and then, as you said, the U.S. Open, LACC. Tiger is out. Obviously, you've got your top 60 Jason Day, Patrick Reed, um Hatton, those have been announced. The full field has not been announced yet. But so you're 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 feeling you're feeling Brooksy coming into this bad boy, right? Obviously.
0: Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I think that anyone's kidding themselves if they don't feel that way. I, I think that the big three currently um is without a doubt, Scheffler, Rahm and and Kepka. And I think Rory needs to um, have a nice showing and it's a good golf course for him, Royal village. So I'm interested to see what happens at the Memorial. Um, Certainly it's been a good golf course for John Rahm. It's been a good golf course for Patrick Cantley. We're going to talk a lot about the LA three or four, when you count Xander in there too, Xander, you're going to have Cantley, you're going to have Homa, you're going to have Morikawa. I mean, this is going to be a tremendous Hollywood show. We're going to have under the lights out there. And, um, I think they're all chasing Kepka, for the most part, and I think they all know it too. And I think that they're all gearing up for it. And next week, keep an eye on your approach play, but also keep an eye on around the green play. Mirfield Village is one of the few places on the PGA Tour where you really, really have to be good around the greens. Jack has that place pretty well tuned up. When you miss your targets, it's very difficult. And if you can gain around the green, then you're going to have an edge against your competition. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I'll be out there next week. And uh, I can't wait to see that place because it's always in fantastic condition. And I won't lie, I like the milkshakes, too.
1: (laughs) There you go. The Memorial Tournament, again, in Ohio. Billy Horschel looking to defend his title. $20 million purse. Then again, the Canadian Open. And then (laughs) L.A., get ready. The Fellers are coming to town. June 15th through the 18th, L.A. Country Club. Matt Fitzpatrick looking to defend his title of course what a great story that was with him and his family and his brother on his bag keith always great having you on the show thank you my friend we'll talk to you next week in ohio
0: absolutely anita get a futures for la on fleetwood i'm telling you now get the number while it's high okay
1: okay all right i'm on it i'll i'll absolutely thank you <laughs> You're Again, Keith.
0: Thanks for having me on. Keith, I love it, Anita.
1: You got it, Keith Stewart joining us here on Bet LA. Uh, this concludes our show. We thank you so much for tuning in. We really do. Uh, Eric Moody, uh, as well as Ben Baby, joining me, of course, on our uh, our, our Bet content, uh, which is always great to share with you guys. Uh, Om Youngman Suk talking about the Lakers' futures. That's a fun conversation that we had, as well as Andre Snellings talking some NBA. Again, Anita Marks, thank you so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Back with you on Sunday morning for On The Tee. So make sure we'll be getting you ready for the final round, the Sunday round of the Charles Schwab. So uh, And that'll be bright and early uh, on Sunday morning that you can listen to right here on 710 ESPN.